USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance, your host for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Welcome to the Money Wise Show, ladies and gentlemen, and good Sunday morning to you. And thank you for making us a part of your Sunday morning. First of all, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And in the spirit of this time of year, today we're going to be talking about charity, kindness, gratitude, and giving, all very important subjects at this time of year. Did you know, for example, that this Tuesday, November 30th, is the National Day of Giving? which is also known as Giving Tuesday. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but first I would like to introduce two special guests, and the most important special guest I always have to introduce first is my wife, Attorney Tenny Lance. So good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. Tenny, did you uh, have a good Thanksgiving? Yes. And (laughs) there's a big sigh of relief that it's over. Right. I love the day. It's my favorite day of the year. But it's a lot of work. Yes, it is. Well, um, I would like to introduce our very special guest, uh, John Vasconcellos. Welcome, John. Thank you. John is the president and CEO of the Greater New Bedford South Coast Community Foundation. I'm always impressed with every piece of information I ever learn about the foundation, John. Uh, I used to think that it was an organization that was doing general things and it was primarily for people who didn't have any close relatives and they wanted to have somebody to leave their money to in their will or their trust or their estate plan. But the more I learn, the more impressed I am. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here. Well, it's an absolute honor to be uh, with you and Tenny and have an opportunity to talk about the Community Foundation because your reaction uh, brings a smile to my heart. Uh, because that is exactly what we're trying to do, elevating philanthropy for the region. Yep, and uh, we're going to talk in some detail about the very specific things that you do. I personally think there's nothing more than helping a nonprofit serve its mission, and I think there's, within that whole context, I think there's nothing more important than helping to educate children and young people, and I've been very active in that area myself. So I'd like to give a little bit of background about John. John Vasconcellos joined the Community Foundation as president in uh, August of 2016. And you have also served in the past as senior regional director for the Southeast and Boston regions of the Trustees of Reservations, which is another very significant organization in our state. Thank you. A a great pride uh, in that. And uh, the time I spent there, a big highlight was actually saving the Allen Haskell Public Gardens. Oh, nice. I remember when I went to the executive team at the trustees, and I said, we've got property to save. And I said it was six acres. They said, six acres? Can't you find something with 200 acres? I'm like, well, this is in the middle of New Bedford. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful grounds surrounded by a community that needs it, that tells a story of someone who is exceptional in their field. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. exactly what the trustees did. That's good. Well, um, do you enjoy your time at the Community Foundation is the first question, because you you serve a very important mission. Well, thank you. Uh, I do. And I, to not put too fine a point on it, I have told uh, anyone who cares, and since you've asked, um, I actually think in a lot of ways this is the job I was born to do. Good. It combines uh, the three deep loves that I have, which is dealing with people who want to be philanthropic, dealing with smart, effective nonprofits who really want to change the world. And it serves the region that I grew up in, that is part of my soul and my psyche. So having those three turn into a job that they actually pay me to do, I'm having the time of my life. Good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's, it's interesting because I've been uh, fortunate to work with a number of nonprofits over the years myself and help form a few and so forth. And that's always been very gratifying. And 
uh, Tenny has done the same thing. Tenny has been very active in nonprofit organizations such as Whale, the Waterfront Historic Area League, and she's written grants for the city of New Bedford. And I think anytime you can do something for other people and to help other people, um, that's a very special purpose in life. I did not realize, John, that the foundation serves such a large area, serves 41 cities and towns. That's a lot. Uh, it, it is a lot. An interesting story because that was very much debated uh, almost 30 years ago. One of my favorite documents we have at the office is a binder that uh, John Bullard uh, helped create. It was a feasibility study written in 1992 about whether or not this community could support a community foundation. And there was a discussion whether they were going to call it the New Bedford Community Foundation. But when they looked around, the closest community foundations were Rhode Island Foundation, Cape Cod Foundation, and Boston Foundation. Sure. So, you know, when I've had people come and approach me and say, why not focus? I said, I've never met a salesperson who shrinks their territory. Mm -hmm. And particularly in this time of COVID, we've really risen to the challenge to serve all 41s of those, 41 of those cities and towns. So very, very proud about the reach that the Community Foundation has. So the first thing I'd like to note is that the foundation is a nonprofit organization. And is it a full 501c3 organization? It is. It is exactly that. Community foundations are traditionally 501c3s. And what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that if you make a contribution or a donation to the foundation, you get to take a tax deduction for that. So you're doing good and doing well for yourself at the same time. And as a, a quick overview, we know that it's a nonprofit. We know that you serve a, a very large region. And we know that your mission is to mobilize philanthropy. So tell me what that means exactly. Sure. Well, we occupy a very unique space in the nonprofit landscape because we don't run programs. We don't serve people directly. Right. What we do is create philanthropy so that good work can be supported. Mm -hmm. So as a result, our idea and, and the idea of mobilizing it is, sure, we gather assets. People often have thought about community foundations as the, as the community's bank so that we love long-term funds. Uh, we have about $50 million assets under management that are going to be here in perpetuity. Which is and impressive. Thank you. Thank you. And that hopefully is going to continue to grow, both by market movement, but also by contributions. Uh, we also help people in short term. If folks want to give their money away in a, a short period of time, we can act as a philanthropic advisor. But really, what our job is, is to create a resource so that the nonprofits in our community always know that there's local money that's invested to support them, and that philanthropists know that there's someone they can partner with to be as effective as they can be. So um, does the foundation solicit annual requests, or uh, does it not work that way? Uh, so on the granting side? On the granting okay. side, I know you support a lot of nonprofits, so you make a lot of donations yeah. to non right. other nonprofits. So we we are um, we're over two hundred separate funds. So we have funds. So for uh, our largest fund, which is nearly ten million dollars, is the Akushnet Foundation Fund, which until about two uh, about fifteen years ago was a private foundation. But what they realized is by putting their assets with a community foundation, they can do away with all the administration, all the reporting, all the mm -hmm. headache, and just have the fun part of advising us where to make those grants. Yep. And we just met with those advisors yesterday and we're very excited. Uh, about 15 nonprofits are gonna get very good news uh, in the next week. Um, we won't spill any secrets. Uh, we will not, uh, and I will tell, <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> but but um, so, so to your point, um, Tenny, we support about 300 different nonprofits. Some of our funds are, for instance, designated funds where someone has said, there's one nonprofit I want to support in perpetuity, but I'm not going to give it to the nonprofit because that nonprofit may not be here mm -hmm. in 50 years. Sure. But that intention, I want that intention to be to remain. And so we have those funds that once a year we make a grant based on our investments that then gets sent to that nonprofit. So all depending on how the donor wants to work with us. That said, we also raise our own funds so that when we identify needs, we can do that. And COVID was a very specific example of that. 
Well, I think probably anybody listening to the show today has given money to some entity at some time or another. If you belong to a church, you give money to a church. If you if you lost a relative to cancer, you might give money to the cancer fund. And maybe you just don't know how to go about it. So Tenny and I have given money over the years, um, including this past year, to our church. I've given money to St. Jude's Foundation, Great. to the uh, Shriners Hospital, because I am a Shriner also and an active in the uh, Masonic fraternity. But anybody listening today has giving in their heart. They just don't realize it sometimes. That's right. And, you know, Bob Hope once said, if you haven't got any charity in your heart, you have the worst kind of heart trouble. <laughs> Perfect. Very Bob. Very Bob. <laughs> but um, I was very impressed to find out that you had um, taken over the management of the Akushnet Foundation, too, when I read about that recently. And the Island Foundation as well? Is that... <laughs> No, they, they remain a separate remain. private foundation. Um, the family still has that, and they have a staff that we work very, very closely with. So very often we will partner with them when we see a need that we can both have an impact on. So one of the things I'd like to do right at the very beginning is to ask this question. If somebody wants to know more about the Community Foundation, um, probably they might not get you right away because you're running around doing all kinds of grants and gifts and things. But... How would they contact the Community Foundation? Sure. Uh, a great resource is our website, which is southcoastcf.org. They are also welcome to call us at 508-996-8253. And if they press 201 when they get there, they can leave me a message and I will get back to them. Okay. Or if there's someone better to speak with them, I'll make sure that person gets back to them promptly. Good. How large a team do you have at the Community Foundation? Uh, there are nine of us, um, eight of us full-time, one part-time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you do specific fundraising events too, I believe. We do. The only real fundraising event we do is Summer's Last Blast, which we have done for, oh, about 14 years now. It happens in September right around um, the, the uh, uh, autumnal equinox, mm -hmm. uh, sort of wrapping up summer. And I have to say, uh, this past year was a little touch and go right. because of COVID, but we were outdoors and we limited the number of tickets we had. And it's a very fun time. I didn't go this past year, but I went, I think, two years ago mm -hmm. to that. Um, we're going to come back in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, and talk a lot more about the Greater New Bedford South Coast Community Foundation with the president and CEO, John Vasconcellos. And you're going to learn about how you can make a contribution and make a difference in the world. Stay tuned. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508 998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking with John Vasconcellos, who's the president and CEO of the South Coast Community Foundation. I put too many words in the title before. And also attorney Tenny Lance. So Welcome back to both of you. Thank you. Thanks. Did you ever hear George Burns, Tenny? Of course. Okay. George Burns once said, when you stop giving and offering something to the rest of the world, it's time to turn out the lights. Hmm. Profound little statement from George Burns. You well, know, the, the folks who performed as comedians or whatever in the 50s, 60s, 70s had so many intelligent things to say more than now i think well anyway <laughs> that's just a sign that you're getting older tenny i'm sorry <laughs> that's to tell you that's very true <laughs> but we're talking about the foundation and the more i look the more i learn about the community foundation the more impressed i am thank you and the more impressed i am because of the number of nonprofit organizations that you give money to and support and then they have their own individual missions and um, we have talked to clients in the past 
always ask the clients, clients when Tenny's doing an estate plan, do you have any charitable wishes? Mm-hmm. Are there any charitable organizations you want to leave money to? And that's important. And a lot of times people don't think about that. So that's a quick message to you today, ladies and gentlemen. If you are doing your estate plan, it doesn't all have to go to individual members. You could do something wonderful for humanity, for your community, by making a donation probably to the South Coast Community Foundation. They can be named as a as a bequest in your estate plan. Right. I was going to ask you, but maybe it's not possible to describe the range of uh, entities that you fund the the range of the interest of the community foundation absolutely no and and let me start off though i would be remiss tenny if i didn't say thank you for asking that question of your clients because we need more and more wealth advisors to make sure that they are elevating the conversation around philanthropy um, and charitable wishes um, because that's where so many of these conversations start And, and very quickly to something that ray had mentioned we also, and I have a couple of stories I'd love to share with you, but I want to get to Tenny's question, is a lot of the folks we just had a conversation with today about an estate plan that's going to establish a fund. So if you're a, you can actually establish a fund in your name. So in perpetuity, mm-hmm. a check is going to come from your fund with your name on it so that nonprofit or that area of interest you had is going to be reminded of your largesse. Lots of different ways of doing that, and you both know that. Um, and, and, and it also reminds me of another issue that we talk a lot about. Since half of the funds we have are considered donor-advised funds, mm-hmm. that's a very attractive instrument that people have. Yes, it is. But because you can't take a distribution from your IRA to that, there are other types of funds that people can establish at the community foundation that allows those donations to be charitable and to have them fulfill your wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tenny, you had asked me about the range of nonprofits, and um, I, uh, the show is what, three hours long? <laughs> uh, not exactly. Quite, not quite exactly. Long. When I look at the list, it just goes on and on. It, it does. Mm. And so when someone asks me, um, you know, what nonprofit? I will, there's a whole series of questions that probably not unlike the questions you have mm-hmm. when someone comes and says, uh, you want to do estate planning. It's like, where, who, why, what do you want your impact to be? You have to ask you, those questions. Absolutely. You know, I had a lot of fun. I love nothing more than talking with somebody who wants to be generous. And end of last year, uh, the time of giving, where we are now, I get a lot of calls from people that said, I want to make a donation in the food insecurity realm. Nice. And I said, great. Where in that arc do you want to have an impact? Do you want to put food literally on someone's table? Mm -hmm. There's food banks. Or do you want to change the system about how food is distributed? There are nonprofits that are doing that. And there are folks in the middle. So even if you have an issue, there are a whole variety of entry points for a philanthropist, for a donor, to have an impact that excites them. And that's what we want. We want excitement to come from their giving. Well, that's good. And you can ask somebody those questions while they're alive. Best time to do it. So Ann Landers. <laughs> it's better than after death. So yes. Ann Landers once said, do you giving while you're living? Then you'll be knowing where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good rhyme. Yes. Good writer. <laughs> Sounds like Dr. Seuss. But I'm thinking that your time must be really uh, tensely split between raising monies for the foundation and making certain that they're going to appropriate or named places. Yeah. Yes, but it also reminds me of when I first, so I I started a career as a banker, and about 15 years into that, I realized there was no love there. And so I made the jump to nonprofits, and I started as a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone asking me, well, how can you ask for money all day long? I said, I don't. All I do is give people the opportunity to do the right thing. So actually, it helps. The best fundraising I can do is to give money away well. Because mm-hmm. people will see that. That's a great description. And I know there's a lot of different kinds of organizations. I'm not sure where that paper disappeared to. That uh, the foundation, the community foundation, has given money to and grants. Um, YMCAs, Boys and Girls Clubs, nurseries, uh, Citizens for Citizens, orchestra. Um, jeepers, it just goes on and on. Yep, and I think the other thing is just as impressive is 
the amount of scholarship money that's awarded. Thank you. I'm very, very impressed. And South Coast Community Foundation awards more than $540,000 in scholarships. This is in August of 2021, this was announced. That's an incredible amount of money. Thank you. We and have, I'm sorry, go ahead, Denny. No, I was just going to say, and I think that's important for people to know because I've had many clients who want to leave their money for scholarships, but they're not certain that the money will be properly administered by a high school or well, this is you a know, great, great vehicle. This yes. is a great vehicle. Well, it is, and if I can add to that, and thank you for, for calling out that announcement. We're very fortunate. We have about $15 million invested in permanent scholarship funds, and so being able to give away that money every year is really powerful. But what we have done in the last six months is really analyze what impact we're having with our scholarships. Because very often, scholarship is made, kid goes off freshman year, mm -hmm. and then the deal's over. We've done a really good job in this country of getting poor kids into college. We have not moved the needle on getting them through college. So more and more, we're working with donors saying, if you can fall in love with a kid for a year, let's fall in love with a kid for four years. Sure. Let's get them all the way through. We're also looking at wraparound um, services. So it's not just tuition that kids need. There's psychological support, there's transportation, there's housing. When you think of all the obstacles that are in front of a kid that go beyond tuition, mm -hmm. it's significant. And so we're really trying to rethink the traditional model of scholarships to figure out how what's the impact we're having so that those so we really do see what that means uh, for our community because it does pay back. One of my best volunteers who actually chairs my scholarship committee now was a recipient of one of our scholarships 15 years ago. Mm. Well, we have done a lot in our office to help support scholarships too because I'm very active in the Masons. I uh, am chairman of a scholarship committee for the Scottish Rite Masons, which is the whole South Coast and Cape Cod and the Islands area. And generally, they give out about 28 scholarships a year throughout Massachusetts. I'm chairman of this area. And uh, either $1,000 or $1,500. And they usually give a lot of money up for that purpose. And it's, it's so gratifying to be in that position, to be on that uh, committee. And one other thing I want to mention, just one second, Tenny, is um, fairly recently, we've had uh, one person who worked in our office on a part-time basis. And I got him involved in the Masonic fraternity. And we we're able to produce uh, a fairly large amount of scholarship money for him, also from the Grand Lodge of Masons in Massachusetts. And um, he recently graduated magna cum laude from UMass Dartmouth. Wow, terrific. And has taken on a very important job in national defense in the Navy Department. So uh, supporting kids with scholarships is critically important. Let's talk about what is Giving Tuesday. Well, Giving Tuesday is a, a, a time of year if you get the United States mail delivered to your house, ladies and gentlemen. This is the time of year when you can get 5, 10, 15, 25 different requests for money from organizations, especially if you've given anything in the past. You get inundated. So there was an effort made to create this National Day of Giving which is the Tuesday uh, after Thanksgiving. And uh, basically you can do such things as contribute food, uh, deliver food to a local food pantry, donate gift cards to a shelter, um, create blankets or give blankets for somebody receiving cancer treatment. There's all kinds of things you can do or give to your favorite charity. But certainly today we're suggesting take a look at the Community Foundation because they have such a an immense reach in this area. So I've just been given the high sign that we're going to take another break in just a minute. I'm going to read a quick quotation before this break um, and see if you can guess who said this, Tenny. Nothing brings me more happiness than trying to help the most vulnerable people in society. It is a goal and an essential part of my life, a kind of destiny. Whoever is in distress can call on me. I will come running wherever they are. It's a famous English person that's been on a TV show recently, Princess oh. Diana. Oh, interesting. She got very involved in charity later yes, in her life. Yes, she did. Well, stay tuned, because we're going to come right back and tell you more about 
the good works of the Community Foundation uh, with John Vasconcellos and tell you how you can do your part. This is Money Wise Radio, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is our distinct pleasure today to be with John Vasconcellos, the president and CEO of the Community Foundation, and Attorney Tenney Lance. I dare say, John, I bet that many people have not heard much about the Community Foundation because it's an organization that doesn't um, promote itself necessarily. Maybe you do, but... Well, we, we um, uh, for a long time, we were the best kept secret. Okay. Uh, and we are trying to unpack that, but we're also trying to do it in a very discreet way. Mm-hmm. I think this is to your point about why people may or may not hear about us, um, because we also we want to partner with nonprofits. We want to partner with other foundations. We see right. it as a collaborative space, not a competitive space. And as a result, we want to elevate others while elevating philanthropy writ large. So we are always happy when people know who we are. Um, and certainly can understand when when folks may not. Yep. Where are you physically located? We are downtown okay. at uh, 128 Union Street in the Demello International Center on oh, the sure. fourth I floor. Yep. And I have a wonderful view. And and we one of our focus areas is the arts. And I love. I can sit there and I see the cupola of the Whaling Museum, and I spin my chair all the way over to the Zaitarian. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful cityscape. Well, uh, it's a nice place to be, and New Bedford is a terrific city. So, first of all, if somebody wants to get more information, can you give us your website and your telephone number? Absolutely. The website is southcoastcf.org, and our phone number is 508-996-8253. And if you press extension 201, you'll, you'll hear my voice yet again. Okay. And leave a message. And le- yes, do leave a message. Don't listen and hang up. That's no fun. So I think what we're going to need to do, Tenny, is we're probably going to need to get more of the brochures for the Community Foundation because we have a lot of people who come into our office looking to make a difference in the world. And in Massachusetts right now, if um, a family has more than $1 million worth of assets, they have a taxable estate. And one way to reduce a taxable estate is to make a charitable donation. Um, John, one of the things that Tenney has done a lot of, and I've done a lot of in this office as well, is we've created a number of charitable remainder trusts. Mm. So if you've got an investment property, a commercial property of some kind, cannot be your house, and you're looking to sell it, and you're going to pay a large capital gains tax, one way to eliminate the capital gains tax or stretch it out over years is you put it instead into a charitable remainder trust. You can be the trustee of the trust. And you then invest the proceeds. You handle the investments yourself. We can show you how to do that. And then at the end of the term of the trust, there has to be at least a 10% gift left over for a charity. And so you could name the Community Foundation, for example, as your end beneficiary. And you, as part of that, you could establish a fund with your name. Yes. As we mentioned earlier, so yep. to perpetuate that, if that's important to somebody. And we've had people sell properties with a value as low as $300,000. It was a six or eight stall garage, and the gentleman was going to sell it and pay, I forget, seventy dollars or $80,000 in capital gains tax. Mm. And instead, even a property that small, you can do some good with it. Absolutely. And save taxes. If someone was uh, interested in gifting to the foundation, how could they be assured that their money would be well-managed? Certainly. Uh, great question. Uh, we have a couple of different sort of checks and balances, as I would say. We are a 501c3, so we are annually audited mm-hmm. by an independent firm that, that reports to my board directly, not to me as the chief executive. And so there's, and there's an audit committee, uh, which is, uh, I think it's currently 
the committee has five people, three of whom are either CEOs or senior executives at local financial service organizations. So these are very thoughtful uh, people. Uh, and the board also has uh, regular, has, has an investment committee that quarterly meets with our money manager that reviews performances and makes adjustments as necessary. And we are actually going to be opening a RFP for a new money manager as we do every five years as part of our discipline to make sure we're always thinking about that. So a lot of eyes look at that performance and we're very, we're very proud of how that has grown over the last uh, several years. Um, but we also take it very, very seriously that um, we are a, a conservative organization when it comes to preserving and growing wealth. Good. That's good to hear. So what, what you're saying basically is you have uh, professional money management advisors. Absolutely. And that's critically important. And they are separate from the organization. They are hired and fired sure. by the board. Yep. So I don't get to pick and choose those. Um, and so there's a real, at least a triangulation Some of responsibility. Checks and balances. And I like that kind of a structure. I, I um, had the honor of serving for a couple of years on the uh, board of directors of the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts investment fund at that time it was about 150 million dollars wow and they had six separate outside financial advisors and every quarter three of them would come in and give a detailed report on what they were doing that's great yeah we currently have one main one so if you were to open a fund with us it would go with the firm that we are currently using but what we allow is if you open a fund with us that has a minimum of a million dollars you can bring your own money manager Granted, they have to sign on to our investment guidelines, which are not that complex nor that challenging. They're really quite appropriate. Um, But we are more than happy to have someone who's happy with their money manager to work partner with us as their philanthropic partner, but not have to lose an important relationship. Hmm. Did you ever hear of a gentleman named Martin Luther King Jr.? I, I may have, yes. Well, he once said, Life's persistent and most urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Period. Period. And I like that. I like that, too. And that's something that everybody listening today should be thinking about. What are you doing to help somebody else? What are you doing to uh, help support somebody else, uh, provide resources for somebody else? No matter what you have, you probably have something you could do to help others. And that's what life is all about. Now, I'm looking at a report, and I may not be interpreting it properly. In uh, the year 2020, did the foundation, in fact, receive $12 million in that one year? We did. Wow. Um, and, and what is key is that $12 million represents a couple of different things. But the big number behind that was our COVID emergency response fund. We raised over $6 million that year Mm. that we turned right around and invested in the community to support a whole range of issues. You could, everybody knows the impact that COVID has had, even, you know, from making grants so that kids could have high-speed internet at home uh, to uh, psychological support um, for families. So that was a significant chunk. So that, if you looked year over year, um, I think... uh, so, for instance, so far this year, we've raised $9 million. Um, about, about a third of that is ongoing COVID response money that we raise and turn around. But a lot of that money is permanent gifts that come to us and be put in a fund that we then invest. So there's, there's short-term money and long-term money, just like a household. And I, I think probably the community doesn't always appreciate all the good work that the Community Foundation is doing. Wouldn't right. you say? Right. And um, I'm looking at a chart here because I was going to ask you, John, what what are the areas of interest for funding from the foundation? This uh, indicates that uh, 64% was related to, um, actually, I'm not seeing the, the, the COVID, right? COVID, exactly, yes. for that year, and yes. And that's just amazing. So things are going to change hopefully as this region rids itself of 
that awful disease. You go back to arts and culture, education, economic opportunity. Exactly. And, and, and two thoughts, if I may, on that. What the COVID response did for us, we were then introduced to a lot of other philanthropists in our region that saw us as the go-to partner to have an impact. Both folks and foundations and corporates, corporations that are local, but also we received gifts from individuals and businesses in New York and Boston and throughout New England that recognize the Community Foundation as a reliable partner. If you want effective mm -hmm. giving, and I may not know the difference between these two different organizations on the ground, but the Community Foundation will. Mm. So I'm gonna give them the money so they can get it out quickly. So those are partnerships that we will continue to nurture because we know even when we do get out of the cloud of COVID, there are needs and there are challenges here, and we want people to continue to, uh, to, to partner with us. The other item that is not in there that is woven through everything that we do is our issue with regards to racial equity, our concern around racial equity. We have really increased our attention to how are we thinking about the structural racism in our community mm -hmm. and in our region that we may not have been aware of or we are aware of, but yet we haven't created a loud enough voice. So one of a big part of the funds that we have raised this year is a leadership equity fund, which is supporting leaders of color in nonprofits, because we see a lot of nonprofits and very few led by folks who are in the, from the communities they serve and also just creating an opportunity, professional development mm. for young people of color who want a job, who want to work in nonprofits and including in philanthropy. Well, a so, very, very quick summary of that sure. is yeah. that it's a great investment in our community and in all of our citizens in our community. Amen, so, amen. Um, we're gonna take a break in just a moment, but I just want to mention also that uh, it was just announced in September of this year that the, uh, you're now, uh, uh, the William Dekas Fund has been established as a scholarship fund in memory of uh, attorney George Dekas, and that gives scholarships, and you're managing that as well. That, that, is, we, that is one of about 12 funds that we have opened this year, and it's been an absolute pleasure to work with the Dekas family on that. I want to come back in just a minute and talk about that a little further and how the scholarships are working in general, because I'm always very impressed with that. Henry Ward Beecher said, Every charitable act is a stepping stone towards heaven. We'll be right back. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're talking today and this morning with John Vasconcellos. He's the president and CEO of the Community Foundation. And the more I learn about the foundation, John, the more I continue to be impressed. So I think what Attorney Tenny Lance and I need to do is we need to be able to even educate our clients more about the good works of the foundation and how they can be a part of that. And Tenny, one of the things that people can do if they wanted to call you and reach you, uh, if they wanted to help have help with their estate plan, you could help them make arrangements in their estate plan to leave part of their assets to the foundation. Yes. And just give Tenny a call at 508-998-8800. So this time I'm gonna give you a quotation, uh, but I'm gonna give you the name first. This is John F. Kennedy. The raising of extraordinarily large sums of money given voluntarily and freely by millions of Americans to our fellow Americans is a unique American tradition. Philanthropy, charity, giving voluntarily and freely, call it what you like, but it is truly a jewel of an American tradition. 
And it is. So It is, and we need to think about that and concentrate on that a lot more these days in the midst of all kinds of other controversies. I could not agree with you more. And, and what has also been really interesting to that point, Ray, is because of the wonderful connections we have in this region to Portugal, I actually am going to be on a webinar uh, calling in uh, that is being hosted in uh, on Monday in Lisbon wow. um, on how nonprofits, how community, how foundations, I'm sorry, evaluate their effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Because philanthropy is a very unsophisticated uh, industry, if you will, in Western Europe, and so. It is one of those things that I'd say is a proud American tradition Very much that so. I want to see replicated. Yep. No, we are unique. Do you speak Portuguese? Sorry. I no. do not. Uh, it's a, a, one of the disappointments. But I'm retiring at the end of the year, and one of the things I'm going to be doing is learning Portuguese. Yes. Oh, I've now good. said that on the air. Good for you. <laughs> I suggested that to him earlier before we began the show. Start taking Portuguese lessons right now. <laughs> Our community is 60% Portuguese. So... Let's talk just a little bit more about the scholarship. What I didn't realize, I, I first started to think about you have all this money and so much gets allocated to scholarships, but it's a little different from that. You're really managing um, a number of different funds. Um, let's see, how many funds? We have about um, 60 plus scholarship funds. 60 different scholarship funds where yeah. people are entrusting the community foundation to manage it for them. Who makes the decisions on the recipients? There's two ways of doing that. Um, we have an internal committee, which I want to say probably four-fifths of the awards are done by that committee, which is about 15 individuals, a cross-section mm -hmm. of the community from educators to young people to uh, a few of those older sorts um, and a bunch of folks who are interested in this. And it's a committee that we're always looking for new volunteers. So mm -hmm. folks in your audience would like to be a part of this. We'd love to hear from them. So we have that group, and they vet dozens and dozens of applications, as you might imagine. It's, right. a, it's a workload. But we also have the option that if people do establish a scholarship fund and they want to be involved in the selection, it's fine. But as you can imagine, there are some clear uh, restrictions sure. by the IRS around uh, how that happens. So for instance, if you have a single donor for a scholarship fund, that person can't individually select the recipient. Makes sense. There's, you know, the gift is given for a public good. So there's a whole process we will go through to educate people on how to do that so that we know the assets are being properly distributed. Well, I think the fact that $540,000 in scholarship money was given out this past year is amazing. 84 local students received a scholarship, and it came from 60 different scholarship funds that you manage. You know, I hear every once in a while from somebody saying, I don't know how to go and get scholarships. They could contact the community foundation and find out what scholarship funds might be available. Absolutely. I, 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 I could not say this more emphatically. If you are a student, the parent of a student, the guardian of a student, the relative of a student, or you think you know a student they, and they're thinking of going to college, they've got to start at the community foundation. Because the system we have, which is why it's great to be such an aggregator of so many funds, you fill out an application once, the system is going to tell you, here are the nine scholarship funds you would qualify for. Mm -hmm. So That's you're not terrific. Isn't that great? Yep. I, modern technology, you don't have to fill out nine different forms. And it'll ask you some discrete questions. Do you live in this community? Are you LGBTQ? Are you, you know, yep. is your mother a graduate of the 1960 class of New Bedford High School? No word of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> then you get to apply for this scholarship. And we're happy to see those multiple opportunities. So hopefully we've created a little bit of a spark today from somebody who's thinking about how can I find out what scholarship money might be available. You're not going to get the information just from your school but now you've got a much greater resource to find out that information. That's right. I mean, one of the things we wish, we do work very, very closely with guidance counselors, but some of these guidance counselors have two or 300 kids to support. Sure. That's, that's um, untenable. Let's give the telephone number once again. If somebody wants more information to call the foundation. For Please do. It's 508-996-8253. And by the way, if somebody 
can't write all this information down right now, you can call our office at any time. We'll have the information here and be happy to give you those numbers. Appreciate so that. So give us a call. Uh, Mother Teresa once said, if you can't feed 100 people, then feed just one. So be generous where you can be generous. Be charitable where you can be charitable. And um, I'm just continuing to be so impressed and grateful for this organization that exists in our community. Well, you're so kind to say that. It's it's absolute honor to be with you both to be able to do this work. Uh, I actually think about the work we do with a lot of humility. Um, having been a fundraiser in this world, uh, I know what it's like to raise money. And so being clear that those who have the means to support others are absolutely encouraged to do so and, and to think about the impact that one can have there. And, 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 and the other thought, well, we actually went through a rebranding about three years ago. Mm-hmm. We had a different name and we went with South Coast because we thought that was very compelling and it felt like there was a lot of excitement. But we intentionally left the word community in our name. A lot of community foundations, the Boston Foundation, Rhode Island Foundation, have done away with that. We wanted to be really intentional that what we are is about community. We mm-hmm. are about locally grown and locally directed philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, Tenny, uh, you've done a lot over the years. We're not here to talk about you today. We're here to talk about the Community Foundation and, and the wonderful things that they do. But certainly, John, a large part of our lives has been to support the church that we belong to. I've helped uh, run the uh, financing uh, committees and, and for a while and um, some of the fundraising activities. I ran an annual appeal once, which... Thank God, went over budget. We raised more than what our target was, which is terrific. You always say, "Oh, I'm so glad we made it." But it's fun to do those things, and it gives you a sense of pleasure when you're part of an organization like that. And I'm sure you must feel that way also. I am. I am very, very lucky how much access I have to beautiful moments in this world where you see the impact of it—not just the receiving, but the giving. Mm-hmm. And Tenny, um, do you have any other specific questions that we've got a few more minutes left before we uh, end our uh, radio show today? Not questions per se, but I was looking at your annual report and I'm interested in the funders tour that you folks put together. And I think maybe people would like to know about that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, because when I get, if I get back to the office, I'm sure a staff person will say, I can't believe you didn't mention the funders tours. <laughs> so yet. thank you, Tenny. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. So this is something that we started about three or four years ago that we realized that part of our job as a community foundation was to elevate the impact that funders, both current funders, people who have funds with us, but those who are thinking about it as well as other foundations. Uh, We had done a study when I first came on board and we asked those who had funds with us, how what value could the community foundation provide you? Could we do more? And we had an abysmally low number. So I realized I'm thinking, okay, I don't think this community foundation has figured out how to offer these folks enough so that they understand. So what we do four times a year is we organize and depending if it's virtual or in person, a tour where we'll get someone who's a often a national thinker or someone who's local that has you know sort of macro level thoughts on an issue so for instance we recently did one with the intersection of arts and economic development and we showcased fall river because fall river has been doing some amazing work in the arts something that we've been very involved with and we led with a couple of folks who in conversation with me talked about what, you know, how has this happened at the larger, what are the larger um, sort of um, trends that you're seeing? Then we produced a video highlighting different initiatives happening on the ground in Fall River Mm -hmm. that intersects with this issue. And then we went to a live panel discussion with four leaders of nonprofits. And we had about 70 people call in and just listen, watch the Zoom presentation and get educated around this issue. So we'll do that. We'll do one on early childhood education. We'll do one on issues around leadership, for instance, so it's not issues-based, but the quality of nonprofit. We've done one on capacity building for nonprofits. So we see part of our job is educating people to be thoughtful about their giving and also to showcase nonprofits that a lot of folks don't know about. 
A lot of the high-profile ones they do, but there are some small groups in this region doing amazing work. Yep, we helped with the Vietnam Wall Memorial in Fall River, Perfect. which is impressive, and, and made some contributions to that as well. Excellent. We're going to wrap up now because we're just about out of time. I think we could go for another hour, John. <laughs> so our special thanks to John Vasconcellos, who's the president and CEO of the Community Foundation. John, I'm going to give you a 56-page guide I printed off on everything you ever want to know about any kind of charitable um, opportunity. And ladies and gentlemen, we can assist you with uh, tax aspects of this. We're going to do a lot more to help promote the Community Foundation and all the wonderful things that you and your team do in this community. So thank you for being here, Tenny. Thank you for your contribution to this. This has been so interesting. Thank you, John. Yeah, I could continue. I absolutely could continue. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you both so much for the opportunity. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to MoneyWise Radio. Uh, do remember that none of us can be an expert at everything. Let the professionals at USA Wealth Group or Lance Law help you to protect your family and your financial assets and do some good for your community. And as Booker T. Washington once said, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. You've been listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, powered by USA Wealth Group, Inc. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Money Wise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. That's usawealthgroup.com. Our firm provides insurance services. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group, Inc. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.